the rulers only can continue to rule when the people are confused. So they choose their words very carefully in order to sow that confusion and to control the direction of the conversation. They don't want to talk about the continuity of America's constant wars against humanity, wars that stress almost seamlessly from one president to the next, from one rich man's political party, the Republicans, to the other, the Democrats. And that stretches seamlessly over generations. When, when we begin to realize, to recognize, the continuity of an American foreign policy that is always in a state of aggressive war against numerous peoples around the globe simultaneously, when we begin to understand that this is normal behavior for the people who run the United States, then we will begin to see the outlines of a system. And that system, of course, is US imperialism. Imperialism is constantly at war because its purpose is to dominate the planet so that the many can exploit the few. Those can be exploited by the few, those few being mainly located uh, in New York and London. Since peoples around the planet constantly resist being dominated by these rich white men, imperialism must be constantly at war. War is imperialism's normal state of being. This is the great truth that must be hidden. Therefore, the very words US imperialism are a kind of taboo not to be spoken in polite society in the United States. <clears throat> in fact, we even have so-called uh, peace organizations yes. that won't say the word US imperialism. That was Glenn Ford, African warrior and intellectual giant. His death was announced this week on July 28, 2021. He was 71 years old. Today's episode of the People's War Radio Show is dedicated to remembering the life and work of this heroic journalist and African freedom fighter. We begin by sharing some of Comrade Glenn's impressive resume, much of it taken from Black Agenda Report, where he served as senior editor since he launched it, along with Bruce Dixon, Margaret Kimberly, and Letitia Stills in 2006. Glenn Ford was a son of the famed disc jockey Rudy the Deuce Rutherford, the first black man to host a non-gospel television show in the Deep South, Columbus, Georgia, 1958. Glenn was reading Newswire copy on the air at age 11. His first full-time broadcast news job was at James Brown Augusta, Georgia radio station, WRDW, in 1970, where the godfather of soul himself shortened Glenn's last name to Ford. Comrade Glenn worked as a news person at four more local stations in Columbus, Georgia, Atlanta, and Baltimore, where he created his first radio syndication, a half-hour weekly news magazine called Black World Report in Washington, D.C. In 1974, Glenn Ford joined the Mutual Black Network of 88 stations, where he served as Capitol Hill, State Department, and White House correspondent, and Washington bureau chief, while also producing a daily radio commentary. In 1977, Ford co-launched, produced, and hosted America's Black Forum, ABF, the first nationally syndicated black news interview program on commercial television. 
ABF made black broadcast history. For the next four years, the program generated national and international headlines nearly every week. Never before and never since had a black news entity commanded the weekly attention of the news services AP, UPI, Reuters, Agence France Press, even TASS, the Soviet news agency, and the broadcast networks. In 1987, Ford launched Wrap It Up, the first nationally syndicated hip-hop music show broadcast on 65 radio stations. During its six years of operations, Wrap It Up allowed Ford to play an important role in the maturation of a new African musical genre. He organized three national rap music conventions and wrote the hip-hop column for Jack the Rapper's Black Radio Trade magazine. In addition to his broadcast and internet experience, Glenn Ford was a national political columnist for Encore magazine, founded the Black Commentator and Africana Policies magazines, authored The Big Lie, an analysis of U.S. media coverage of the Grenada invasion, and served as reporter and editor for three newspapers. Comrade Glenn was a founding member of the Washington chapter of the National Association of Black Journalists, executive board member of the National Alliance of Third World Journalists, and media specialist for the National Minority Purchasing Council. In October 2006, Ford and the former writing team of the Black Commentator launched BlackAgendaReport.com, a reliable and prolific source of information and analysis from the Black left. He also partnered with Nellie Bailey to produce Black Agenda Radio, a weekly news program syndicated across the U.S. In 2008, Comrade Glenn became a co-founder of the Black is Back Coalition for Social Justice, Peace, and Reparations. He had been an outspoken critic of Barack Obama from the beginning of Obama's candidacy. He was in communication with the Uhura movement after our 2008 protests at Obama's St. Petersburg, Florida campaign stop, where I demand that he address the question, what about the Black community? Drew national attention to Obama's silence on Black issues. For 12 years, Comrade Glenn delivered dynamic presentations to the annual Black is Back Coalition's marches on Washington, conferences, and trading schools. His thorough research and insightful analysis brought clarity to the political situation faced by Africans and other oppressed peoples in today's world. On August 2nd, the African People's Socialist Party held an online tribute to Comrade Glenn Ford, featuring family and comrades offering their reflections and remembrances, including his daughter Nia, along with Marsha Coleman Adebayo, founder of the No Fear Coalition and the Bethesda African Cemetery Coalition, New York State Assemblymember Charles Barron, Afia Mgaza, manager of WMXP Radio in Greenville, South Carolina, Nellie Bailey of Harlem Fight Back Against War at Home and Abroad, Zaki Baruti, President General of the Universal African People's Organization, and Belinda Parker Brown, CEO of Louisiana United International. We'll hear first from Comrade Glenn's daughter, Nia Ford. Uhura and power to the people. Uh, thanks to the African People's Socialist Party and the chairman uh, for hosting this tribute to the life and legacy of my father, Glenn Ford. Uh, the response to his transition from elder to ancestor has been both heartfelt and stupendous. Um, it left me wondering, uh, did he know the impact of his work, his words, and his teachings on the movement and on the community? 
And many have assured me that he knew. And once I watched the videos from his 70th birthday party uh, where his comrades hosted and roasted him, it became clear to me that he knew. And that gave me peace. When I shared with my friend and mentor that my father was sick, he asked me, what is your father living for? I answered without a shadow of a doubt, the liberation of black people, all oppressed people across the globe. That was Glenn's work. It was his passion, his purpose for living. And trust me, he took his art form very seriously. <laughs> he was one of the most, if not the most, um, disciplined man that I've ever met. Um, he made sure that you continue to receive the issues of Black Agenda Report every week, um, even if it meant being published from his hospital bed. That's because he had hope. He had hope as it related to his personal health and he had hope for Black people. When I told my mentor my father's motivation for living was to liberate Black people, my mentor said, then focus on what he loves and he will keep on living. And I did that. I supported him in the hospital as he compiled pictures uh, for the last few issues of Black Agenda Report. I applauded him and celebrated him when he sent out the bar notification emails to your mailbox announcing that the next issue was live. And even now that he has transitioned from elder to ancestor, let us continue to focus on what will keep Glenn Ford alive for all of us. And that is fighting for the liberation of black people, of oppressed people across the world. As I said, my, my father had hope. His hope was reflected in his never ending push for the liberation of black people. That hope was demonstrated as he mentored both peers and the next generation alike. He had something to say and he wanted you to hear it. Sometimes he said what others wouldn't say. Sometimes he said what others didn't wanna hear. He was bold, he was brave. He created and left us an amazing body of work to teach the next generation. He did his part. Now it is time for you to take the baton. Take the best of Glenn, whatever your purpose is connected to the liberation of oppressed people. Be intentional about it. Be disciplined about it. If he were here today, he would challenge you as he did on his 70th birthday in 2019 to describe what change and transformation looks like for the future. He said, even if you don't have power, you have the capacity to shame the people who are against our people. Don't give that up, shame them. He said, serve the movement. He said, be involved in the creation of movement, which is so complex, yet so beautiful. So I task you with continuing your part. Consistently put in the reps over and over again, and you will create the habits and the tools to liberate oppressed people. Your body of work will speak for itself. Glenn Ford's words, his works, and his teachings speak for themselves. They speak unequivocally and unapologetically to the liberation of Black people. I thank you for the love and the support you've shown me personally, my family, the Black Agenda Report family, and my father's friends. As my father would end his speeches, Power to the people. Thank you. That was Nia Ford, daughter of Glenn Ford, speaking in an August 2nd memorial tribute to the legendary journalist and activist. We go next to Marsha Coleman Adebayo, 
founder of the No Fear Coalition and the Bethesda African Cemetery Coalition. Uhuru, power to the people. <clears throat> um, thanks to Chairman O'Malley and the African People's Socialist Party uh, for hosting uh, this tribute to one of the greatest men that I've ever met, Glenn Ford. Um, also, Nia, Glenn would be so proud of you right now. Um, so thank you for your, for your very kind words. Um, Glenn was a man whose voice thundered um, with the passion of justice. His keen eyes intensified by those round glasses that sat on the bridge of his nose uh, right in front of his daunting intelligence. His word mastery and their unveiling of perceptions he gleaned from having been wounded by a culture bent against his people, against him personally, as when it uh, deployed hitmen against his life's work. It was a confirmation that he was on the right track when he and the Black Agenda Report family made the government's blacklist of subversive publications. Um, so there was anger um, and clarity and passion that combined to make Glenn more than a little intimidating. Um, there was his work, work ethic, his unrelenting discipline his body of work, his insistence on excellence, his wise sense of humor that would catch one off guard, but always, always, always his deep and unconditional love for Black people. Um, I met Glenn after I had blown the whistle um, against the United States government. Um, and it was a very difficult period in my life. Um, but I realized that Glenn and I fought the same demons. We sought the same solutions and we bridged our initial meetings awkwardness by sharing stories about our experiences in the Black Panther Party. Uh, he shared that Bruce Dixon, a stalwart, of Black Agenda Report was also in the Panthers. Glenn was a member in Jersey City, Bruce in Chicago, and me in Detroit. I realized from the first moment that we met that we had all drunk from the deep love that the Black Panther Party nourished. It fed Glenn's commitment and devotion to speaking sometimes painful truth to power in the Black Agenda Report, Glenn refocused my energies from what seemed an inevitable downward spiral after blowing the whistle towards pouring my anger and indignation into writing for Black Agenda Report. Glenn was a revolutionary. His unique contribution as a writer, advocate, as a mentor, was to lay the material foundation and provide the seeds for following generations to understand the complexity of white supremacy capitalism. 
His goal was to arm our community with the information necessary to fight against the most depraved, perverted, and wicked system that's ever been created. Amilcar Cabral knew, quote, that people do not fight for ideas in the sky, but for concrete ways to change their material conditions. Glenn understood that through his writings, he could inspire political activism and turn what most people would consider the unthinkable into the inevitable. While other Black news outlets were experiencing a sugar high with the election of the first Black president, it took integrity and courage to take on the presidency of Barack Obama. The Black Agenda Report family told our community the truth. Glenn rooted his analysis in the material conditions and restrictions facing our people under white supremacy capitalism. With Glenn's tutorage, Barr exposed the crimes being committed by the Obama administration. And we took the inevitable criticism. Glenn's fundamental principle in Black Agenda Report was to tell the truth regardless of the consequences. That was Marsha Coleman Adebayo, founder of the No Fear Coalition and the Bethesda African Cemetery Coalition sharing her reflections on Glenn Ford during an August 2nd memorial tribute hosted by the African People's Socialist Party. Next is New York State Assembly member Charles Barron, a former member of the original Black Panther Party who has successfully taken the struggle for Black power into the electoral arena, representing the district that includes the Black community of Brooklyn. Uhuru, comrades, I want to I thank you so much for the opportunity to have some words about Glenn. We had a very interesting relationship. I didn't know him as long and as deep as many of you. Uh, the chairman mentioned the debate at, in Harlem, as a matter of fact, that Dr. James McIntosh and Simotep had put together around the Obama question. And I remember that day, uh, Nellie Bailey and Daruba Ben Wahad and my comrades, they were on one side, I was on the other side, and Glenn Ford. And I remember talking to my comrades and asking if they would allow me to make critical support uh, of Obama. And if I could do that, then I, I can go with the collective. So when I finished my presentation and I listened to Glenn and I listened to Nellie and I listened to Daruba and I finished mine, <laughs> Glenn and Deruba came up to me and said, brother, we're going to use some of your stuff to make our position. And from that point on, we understood uh, that there are differences sometimes on strategies and tactics and how much of a pragmatism you're going to engage in the electoral arena. But I said, who is this Glenn Ford? I've never heard of him. Uh, where is he coming from? You know, who is he? Where did he come from? And I just left it at that. And then as I got more involved with the African People's Socialist Party and the Congresses that occurred, and as I got more involved in the Black is Back Coalition, matter of fact, I even wanted a demonstration at the White House against Obama, didn't support him the second time around. And then coming to the Black is Back Coalition and the 
the school, our electoral school, our radical electoral college school, that's when I got to talk to Glenn Moore and I got to listen to his presentations. And then those moments that we had, and they were precious moments when we had to leave and go back um, to the airport together and we had deep conversations and I really got to understand and he got to understand me. And by the way, even though we had our differences there, every time he said something about me or wrote something about me, he, he held me in, in high esteem and in, in a very positive way, regardless of our political differences on that single issue. Because when we got to know each other, we really didn't have any deep, profound political differences. We both were revolutionaries, anti-imperialism, anti-capitalism, and we really got to, to know each other better. And I remember one time he did such an excellent presentation on electoral politics at one of the Black is Back or one of the electoral politics, radical electoral schools that we build in with the Huru movement and African People's Socialist Party. And he had like about 10 handwritten papers on, on um, yellow pad papers, about 10 of them. And I said, wait, well, Brother Glenn, man, that was kind of deep, man. I know you probably have it on computer somewhere. So if you can get me a copy of that, I'd really appreciate it. He said, take this. So he gave me his handwritten copies and that was his only copy. He said, brother, I want you to have this. And so he gave me that and I was reading it over and studying it because he is a brilliant intellectual and he does his research. So you can rest assured that if you get uh, notes from Glenn Ford, you're gonna have some profound empirical notes that you can use as a weapon for our liberation. So I am honored to come here today that said he's going to be missed. And I was so shocked and saddened when I heard about his transition because we were just getting to know each other. And I used to look forward to the times when I could talk to him and ask him some questions and challenging some of his uh, political uh, beliefs. And he challenged some of mine, but it always resulted in us bringing us closer together rather than further apart. So I say today, Uhuru, Glenn Ford, and rest in peace, my brother, for a job well done when you served us here on Earth. Rest in peace. Uhuru. That was New York State Assembly member Charles Barrett speaking in an August 2nd memorial to Glenn Ford. The next speaker, Afia Longaza, is the station manager of WMXP in Greenville, South Carolina a non-commercial Black community radio station operated by the Malcolm X Grassroots Movement. In the 1960s, Afia, then known as Margaret Mills, was an organizer with the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee's Atlanta Project. She had this to say about Comrade Glenn. Uhuru. I want to thank, uh, thank the Uhuru Movement, Chairman O'Malley, for this opportunity to be in community with those of us who knew and worked with Comrade Glenn Ford. I wanna express my condolences and my deep appreciation to uh, Nia Rutherford, his daughter, for joining us and sharing not only 
her words with us, but over so many years, having shared her father with us. Glenn, like myself, grew up un understanding the power of, of radio and of the spoken word. My father having been a minister, a Garveyite, uh, and organizing a movement for the uplift and liberation of African people. Glenn was a principled, consistent reporter, journalist, freedom fighter, organizer, and lover. Lover of humanity generally and Black people specifically. His tagline, information for liberation, Embod was embodied in his every activity. His groundbreaking and insightful work reflected his knowledge of history, his ability to identify recurring uh, phenomenon, the courage to call them out and name the phenomenon and the players its impact on Black people and our need to respond appropriately. He often called asking uh, me, what are you up to these days? Looking for evidence of new ideas, emerging threats, and our rising resistance. He nurtured budding ideas and voices. He, along with Barr's co-founder, uh, Bruce Dixon, supported the founding uh, and the um, development of WMXP Community Radio here in Greenville, South Carolina. And our last call, in the midst of the hoopla and hullabaloo over the US government legalizing or federalizing Juneteenth, he called and said, what are you doing for Juneteenth? I said, well, here we'll be having a rally demanding reparations. We are holding a demonstration at the local Confederate Memorial calling for reparations and operational unity in the community. That the various tendencies that exist on a national level also exist in South Carolina where 40% of our ancestors were brought in to North America for the purposes of enslavement. We discussed those various tendencies and he indicated, in fact, he grilled me with regard to my position on some aspects of the demands that we were making in our call for operational unity. Recorded the interview and broadcasted it the following Monday, which we of course simulcast here 
uh, in Greenville on a weekly basis. Like Marsha, it never occurred to me that that would be my last conversation with our dear warrior brother, Glenn Ford. It is a moment that I will hold dear for the rest of my life as I think about and continue my lifelong work for the liberation of African people and the pursuit of reparations to ensure our ultimate victory and wholeness. I say, Glenn Ford, comrade Glenn Ford, Ashe, Ashe, Asheo, all power to the people. That was Afia Nwangaza, station manager of WMXP in Greenfield in Greenville, South Carolina, and leader of the Malcolm X grassroots movement. Nellie Bailey of the Harlem Fight Back Against War at Home and Abroad also shared her recollections of Comrade Glenn Ford. Nellie has served as co-host of the Black Agenda Radio with Glenn. So much has been said about Glenn Ford, an intellectual giant, a man of principle, integrity, that I saw not only in Black Agenda Report, but also what is unknown perhaps to many, his activism, that side of his intellectual genius that I saw in Harlem and his profound love for black people, which is power to the people, all power to the people. I first met Glenn Ford, as has been alluded to by the chairman and also by Marsha Coleman Adebayo, but really it goes back to the euphoria that swept through all sectors of the progressive community, the black community, black progressive community, the black left uh, uh, community, uh, in addition to uh, progressive. But unlike many, I was not caught up in this euphoria. I knew instinctively that Barack Obama, to the tune of $1 billion, more money that had been spent on any presidential camp campaign, was selected and most likely would be elected by the US ruling class. And for those Blacks who, again, caught up in this euphoria to the point that they crafted a message of Barack Obama is giving us a wink and a nod, when in fact, the wink and a nod was to the US ruling class. As the chairman has alluded to, I met him, Glenn, uh, my organization at the time was the Harlem Tenant Council. And we sponsored a series of forums 
on Obama mania, as we called it at the time. And uh, I was looking desperately for allies. So I knew about the Uhuru movement. I knew that uh, Obama had been confronted, but I needed someone close by in New York who could engage in panel discussions to give people an analysis of who Barack Obama was, uh, which goes back to his time at the Harvard Law Review. So uh, I looked around, uh, I was feeling alone uh, and that desperation that can come with that. And, um, and I thought of the Black Agenda Report. And I called Glenn Ford and he said, sure. I, I told him that uh, there was a panel discussion on the um, other side, uh, an ardent supporter of Barack Obama was the late Amiri Baraka. So I was, it was, this forum was held at the uh, Shabazz, Malcolm X Shabazz Center in Washington Heights. So Glenn was a little late and I was outside. I was somewhat anxious because again, I desperately needed an ally. So uh, I'm looking up and down, I'm looking up and down. And then finally I see this, um, this, uh, this guy, I thought he was younger uh, because he, he was sort of ageless in a way. And, um, and, the, uh, and the debate began. We had a standing room uh, crowd only, people out of the door of that, uh, of that center. And um, I won't go into details, but Glenn won the debate hands down to the point that Baraka said to me, I will never ever appear with Glenn Ford on anything that you do. Well, that was okay with me. That was Nellie Bailey, Glenn Ford's co-host on the Black Agenda radio program. Following Sister Nellie, we heard from Zaki Baruti, President General of the Universal African People's Organization in St. Louis, and a leading member of the Black is Back Coalition for Social Justice, Peace, and Reparations. Uhura, and uh, in the spirit of Glenn Ford, power to the people. Uh, I want to first uh, give my remarks in regards to the theme that the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree in respect to the powerfulness of uh, Nia as personified by her father's work. Uh, it speaks well that she would go forward in terms of uh, the message that he constantly tried to echo in our community. I did not know Glenn Rhea personally, and I met him on a number of occasions, of course, through the Black is Back Coalition, but I was greatly impacted by his oratorical and intellectual insightfulness on the issues impacting our people through the wickedness of capitalism and imperialism and the perspective that he brought forth and the many gatherings that the Black is Back Coalition will hold. Also though, I failed to mention, I wanna salute the African People's Socialist Party 
for putting together this salute to their comrade, our comrade, as we uphold high his intellectual warriorness on behalf of our people. Glenn understood the motto, educate to liberate, because without properly educating our people, they were not engaged in the true struggle for the liberation of us as a people. So we must always salute him for that powerful understanding of educate to liberate, to liberate. Also, I'm struck by the fact that truth shall set you free. And Glenn will always speak truthness to the reality facing our people. You know, in my remarks, as I was thinking about Glenn, as he entered into the world of the ancestors, I'm thinking in terms of the great giants, such as the Honorable Marcus Masai Garvey, Brother Malcolm X, Huey P. Newton, George Jackson, France, the intellectual giant France Fanon, Chancellor Williams, Karl Marx, the powerful leaders for the liberation of us as a people, Patrice Lumumba, Muammar Gaddafi, Amakar Gabral, Robert Mugabe, Fidel Castro, Che Guevara. As he transitioned into his ancestry, they were holding a party for him. So be with great spirit, Neil, that your father set a great historic mark here while he was amongst us. And I just wanna say one last thing from hearing the accolades and the great work that he personified. You know, our life, and this paraphrasing from the early 70s, if we were to put our life on a scale of life and what we have done, some people's lives in terms of weight would be like that of a fly. But I think in terms of the kind of great work that your father has personified, his weight would be that of a lion or that of an elephant. That's the greatness of the person that we are saluting. And it's in that spirit that I want to just salute Brother Glenn, salute the African People's Socialist Party, salute his daughter, because the struggle continues. And if you truly believe in his legacy, then we all got to fight for liberation in our lifetime. Say, may God be with you and continue to bless you, Sister Nia, and uh, the community by which he represented uh, for the liberation of us as a people. Thank you. That was Zaki Baruti, President General of the Universal African People's Organization in St. Louis, sharing his thoughts on Glenn Ford in an August 2nd tribute to the fallen freedom fighter. Belinda Parker Brown is CEO of Louisiana United International, an organization fighting for Black community human rights. She had this to say about Glenn Ford. Hororo, 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 hororo. And salute to my brother, comrade Glenn Ford. Wow. Um, 
This has been great. Um, just listening to everyone's comments on how profound this brother was and what he really meant to this type of movement. So, so um, salute to my brother. You know, I just want to say that, um, you know, I heard Glenn before I met Glenn. Um, he was on C-SPAN and his voice was so unique that you will never ever forget the voice that um, didn't quite match up with the face, but that was Glenn. And when I did have the opportunity to meet my brother, you know, very small frame man. I mean, just look at this little statue of a man and have this big old giant gorilla voice coming out of him was so impressive to me because, um, you know, it's, it's something about when you can hear someone speak and they really mean what they say. And Glenn just didn't tell, I mean, he just didn't talk about it. He was about it. And that meant so much to me being a part of such a movement um, with the Black is Back Coalition to just know that somebody like him would be a founder and a part of such a powerful movement. You know, he inspired me so much to um, the fact that you have to know when you win it. And if you was a type of person that would listen to Glenn, you really didn't have to know nothing. Because if you didn't know, and you would take the time out to listen to him, you can say, well, now I know. And to me, that was, wow, that was very powerful because you would always go away knowing that you have been a part of something or you have participated in something, a debate or whatever it was with him um, that you, you would never be the same. So, you know, I just want to say that um, we are winning. You know, um, our brother have transitioned and just to see his daughter, you know, Nina, my very first time meeting her to come on and give such a, a profound, um, you know, statement about her dad and the legacy that he have left for us and the torch that he have passed to us in a movement that is bound to shake up the whole world. I just want to say that um, Glenn, he demonstrated integrity. I mean, it was, you know, how can I say it? It was all, um, 
you know, he, he was just a person of, of, of a relational person and um, a public relation. I mean, just a wealth of information. And um, I, I want to say that when we, when we talk about, you know, his transition and, and, and um, you know, not being a, um, a, a, a visible part of, of this great work that we're doing as comrades and soldiers, real soldiers in this movement, it really expires me to the point where I know that um, we're in high expectation, you know, great expectation that we can have a legacy from somebody like Glenn Ford to hold on to, to continue to fight, to um, be inspired to fight, to be energized to fight. That was Belinda Parker Brown, CEO of Louisiana United International. Finally, we'll hear from Omali Eshetela, chairman of the African People's Socialist Party and of the Black is Back Coalition for Social Justice, Peace, and Reparations, a coalition of which Comrade Glenn Ford was a co-founder. The fact that we, we uh, engaged in a struggle for national liberation meant that we had to we had to do what we could to unite uh, the most progressive sector of the African nation in this common struggle for self-determination. Uh, and two, uh, we had the struggle to try and, and reintroduce uh, something like science in, into uh, our movement, uh, because uh, we had reached a place where many of those who were associated with the struggle uh, for self-determination uh, were also forces who uh, based uh, much of uh, their articulations on superstitions and candlelit ceremonies and what have you. And so to build a movement uh, uh, and a party and a revolutionary, uh, come to revolutionary conclusions, we had to introduce, we had to reintroduce a scientific approach, scientific analysis. Uh, and so we met Glenn Ford in the process of doing that. We met Glenn Ford, I think, first during the issues surrounding uh, uh, Barack Hussein Obama's election. And what we've always appreciated about Glenn is because he has, you know, really serious intellectual integrity. He's not one of those chameleons that we, we have known uh, over a period of time who uh, uh, simply switch their positions or muddle their positions. So one is never clear what they're about. Glenn was quite clear. So we met him at a, in New York. Uh, and I think uh, we met him at the same time Sister Nella Bailey was there. And there was this uh, debate around Barack Obama. And we saw that there were so many people who we knew, some who call themselves communists and black nationalists and what have you, who had uh, really jumped into bed uh, with Obama. So we, we were impressed with the, uh, with the courage that we uh, saw coming from Glenn, <laughs> from Nellie and others who were able uh, to criticize Obama, to actually come up with a concrete uh, kind of analysis of, uh, of his, who he was and, and uh, his history, uh, his record and that kind of thing. And, and also uh, the fact that he had no program that spoke to the interests of African and other working and poor people. So that was impressive for us. It helped us to uh, identify him as one of those persons that we, 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 we might be able to work with in terms of creating this, this coalition uh, that, that we call the Black is Back Coalition for Social Justice, uh, Peace and Reparations. 
And because Glenn believed in self-determination, and, and some people say self-determination, and there are various uh, positions on what that means, but Glenn believed in self-determination, and that was fundamental. Uh, and and he, his brain was like a steel trap. Uh, he was able uh, to, uh, to put forth a position around self-determination. He could fight for it. He could defend it. And he believed in engaging in the war of ideas, not to simply allow uh, these wrong ideas that were being put forth by the Democratic Party, uh, by various other kinds of liberals uh, that was defining our reality. Uh, he, he would uh, do the research. He would come up with the empirical data uh, that uh, substantiated what kind of position he was going to be putting forward. And he went everywhere. If you listen to what was already said about his record, in terms of uh, creating and participating in journalistic uh, endeavors, uh, et cetera. Glenn did that because that was a part of his task, his job in terms of engaging in this war of ideas to actually arm the African community, uh, to be able to defend uh, the African community. And, and so he was extraordinarily good at that. That was something that made him uh, really uh, significant to the African People's Socialist Party as somebody that we wanted to have this relationship with. And as I mentioned, uh, he was a person of intellectual integrity. We, we, can, we can know what Glenn thought about something, what he felt about something, because he would say it. And uh, he was not like uh, some of the others that we've known and we've come to work with uh, who would not say uh, what it was they believed in or who, if they were going to say something, uh, they would say it uh, behind the backs of the movement, et cetera, or, but Glenn would engage on the spot. And that was something that we really appreciated. So we watched Glenn uh, engage in, in, in going into these debates with various kinds of forces around the Obama question, because that was a serious question, uh, because that was, uh, you know, like neocolonialism on steroids. That was uh, uh, white power and blackface on steroids. And it was able to happen uh, in the in the wake of our struggle having been defeated. Uh, and we've gone for you know almost three generations of trying to re recuperate, trying to rebuild a revolutionary movement. And, and that was what part of what was really significant about Glenn, uh, because uh, he didn't come empty-handed and he didn't come just uh, spouting uh, slogans, phrase mongering and things like that. He would substantiate his position and he would fight for it and he would present it and he would struggle against what he saw as encroachments on the rights and dignity of African people and of oppressed people in general. And so that was one of the things that, that, uh, that brought us uh, 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 close to Glenn uh, Ford and allowed us to, uh, to really uh, have a, a deep and profound uh, appreciation for him. Glenn and his doing this is that it was uh, the equivalent of, uh, of Karl Marx's presentation that Philosophers uh, have only interpreted the world in, in different ways, but the point is to change it. And, and Glenn was one of those who uh, would not only interpret the world, but would engage in struggles to change the world. And, uh, and that, was, that was a part of what this relationship was all about. And the unity that we had politically and on principle allowed uh, that relationship to uh, also uh, flower into a friendship. Now, there was, a, I think, a tremendous amount of respect uh, that, that, that I had, the party had, for, for Glenn Ford. And uh, we, he's uh, spoken at various congresses of the African People Socialist Party and, and various other events that, 
that the Uhuru movement uh, might be uh, uh, might be uh, sponsoring uh, in various places around around the United States. So we remember Glenn Ford, uh, and we remember him for uh, for his intellectual integrity. <laughs> we remember him for his courage, uh, because at the time uh, when he was able to take up uh, this struggle, uh, uh, join the uh, the coalition. Uh, at a time when on September uh, 12th uh, in 2009 in Washington, D.C., he was there in the meeting where we founded the coalition. And in that September meeting, we also said the first thing that we were going to do is march on the White House occupied by, uh, by Obama uh, in November. And, and that was the determination uh, that we made. And all kinds of organizations who were reputed to be bold and, and courageous and what have you backed out, wouldn't support, couldn't join the coalition uh, precisely because we were going to march on Obama's White House. And this took a lot of courage on the part of, of Glenn. I was a part of a revolutionary organization. And my being there and, and being in the coalition was a part of a trajectory I've been on for a very long time. Uh, and I'm a part of an organization that exists in various parts of the world. So. I can take this stance, I believe, with, uh, you know, with uh, some uh, a sense of security, but Glenn was an individual, uh, though, you know, uh, potent in terms of uh, his position uh, with the Black Agenda Report, uh, but he was an individual and he was willing to go up against all of that. And when he went up against it, he didn't just go up against it as Glenn Ford, though he was an individual. That meant that institutions associated with Glenn Ford, if there were going to be any punishment, uh, would uh, receive the wrath uh, of our oppressors too. And in fact, Glenn was in Black Agenda Report uh, was identified uh, uh, as some uh, uh, a kind of, I forgot the characterization that they used uh, by the federal government that uh, presupposed that it was fake news and, and somehow uh, uh, some entity that was working against the interests of the United States government, which was probably true uh, in the sense that the United States government is working against the interests of the people on the planet Earth and Glenn never hesitated uh, to uh, get involved uh, in the struggle uh, to defend the people. So we, we really uh, remember Glenn and we love Glenn so much. And that was Chairman Amalia Chatella speaking in an August 2nd, 2021 tribute to veteran journalist, broadcaster and activist Glenn Ford. Writings and radio broadcasts of Glenn Ford can be found at blackagendareport.com. A recording of the full August 2nd tribute to Comrade Ford can be found on the Burning Spear TV channel on YouTube. Thank you for joining us for this special episode of the People's World Radio Show. Our theme song, Colonial Virus, was written and performed by Alikia Ngoma. Thanks to the People's World Radio Show's production, research, and promotions team, including Jaja Robinson, Empress Livewire, and Ahipsa Panda. So we say This has been the People's War Radio Show, produced by WBPU Black Power Radio at 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. WBPU is a project of the African People's Education and Defense Fund, the baddest nonprofit on the planet, whose mission is to defend the human and civil rights of the African community and address the grave disparities faced by African people in education, healthcare, and economic development. For more information on the African People's Education and Defense Fund, visit apedf.org. Episodes of the People's World Radio Show 
are available on the Black Power Talks podcast. For updates and resources to fight the coronavirus or to volunteer with Project Black Onk, visit developmentforafrica.org. Thank you for listening. Colonial virus, mass incarceration, that's colonial virus.